Hello and welcome to the podcast series on beingfulness by Professor Ram Nidamolu, practice professor of organizational behavior at the Indian School of Business. My name is Pavitra, your host and friend through this series. With each emerging episode of this series, Professor Ram, through his narration of personal anecdotes and stories from the Upanishads, will help us break down the concepts of beingfulness. Make sure to stay with us till the end of each episode where we pose a pressing managerial question to Professor Ram. In the modern workplace, each employee spends a minimum of 8 hours at work. Now, whether this is in person or virtual or even both in some cases, this is a very very large part of our life. It's very very detrimental to our well-being. So after hearing so much about the concepts of beingfulness through the series I'm wondering if there is a way to incorporate beingfulness in our work Now luckily for us professor has led some research on this very topic so let's hear from him I also want to talk about uh, another important aspect of uh, beingfulness and that is beingful work and uh, so you know we many of us uh, are working in situations where we feel the sense of uh, you know what is this all worth it are we here just for the money and sometimes the money is also not good enough and we are always chasing deadlines we're always on a treadmill in a way we are you know pressure pressure of getting things done pressure of um, you know work overload doing much more than what we're capable of bosses putting pressure on us Our team workers, the politics behind the workplace, and so on. So all this leads to this really the sense of is this worth it? If only I could just throw this away, and uh, you know perhaps do what I've always wanted to do. Perhaps it was to go teach in a school or to do some social work or healthcare, whatever it is that we dream of. We often find ourselves in that setting, especially in this pandemic, where we also worried uh, is this is the kind of work I'm doing really what I want want to do in my life. is this uh, is this at all purposeful is this meaningful so these kinds of questions come up and i've been there many times uh, when i was an entrepreneur and when things really became bad it would be did i give up this comfortable challenging life uh, in academia whereas uh, stimulated uh, mentally in terms of intellectually intellectually challenging and physically comfortable life was it all worth it to give up all that and to plunge into the setting where uh, everything was uh, you know seemingly out of control everything was difficult and so i'd lie awake in the night worrying is this really what i wanted to do did i make a big mistake that often happens so in those kinds of settings it helps uh, and i've learned it helps to think of uh, work in a more holistic way to think of work what i call as being for work and that is can you make this work can you do it in such a way that your whole self is at work and to identify work really that meets the needs of your whole self there is of course a material aspect it needs to give us enough money but often just that is not good enough it doesn't stimulate us it doesn't give us a sense of purpose so you need also work that is psychologically suited to us it gives us a sense of control some autonomy more independence in how you make decisions and intellectual stimulation it's amazing how independent of the field that you're in you do want we human beings who want to be stimulated intellectually creatively so that's the psychological aspect of work and also we are human beings who want others to work with us 
We want to be in teams. We want to have the comfort of social relationships. That's something that the pandemic has really affected. We're not there with other people, drinking coffee with them, having lunch with them, talking to them in cubicles. So all that is missing. So that's a key part of our work, the social side of it. And for those of us who care about nature and the environment, that too is an important part. Are we doing things, are we doing at work, something that has a positive impact on nature? That too might matter, and it does matter to me and to others. And then finally, a very important part of work is uh, what I call the higher self aspects. Are we doing the right thing at work? Is the work we're doing uh, morally the right thing? Does it align with what we care about? For me, that's always uh, been a concern. I've been in situations and, uh, you know, when you sell products to customers, you're often put in difficult situations. You often have to do things that uh, might be morally incorrect. I remember once, this was about 12 years ago, when I was working on a solar energy project. And I was working with uh, a county in developing uh, solar energy. And there was a developer who was favored by that uh, county. And uh, so we had a lawyer on the county side and the developer had another lawyer. And it became a situation where uh, the developer wanted the same lawyer for both of us, both the county and the developer. And I was objecting to it, saying this is not the right thing. We need two separate legal counsels. But uh, there's a lot of pressure put to make it just one uh, legal counsel. And I remember I was in the city and uh, I said, finally gave in to all that pressure and said, yes, uh, let's go with it. Because uh, the developers putting pressure, the county officials were putting pressure on me. And I said, yes, let's go with it. And a few minutes later, I started throwing up. I started really feeling this physical, physical revulsion for what I had just done. And that really told me that at the fundamental level, there's something that connects our physical for what, with what we think is right. And not to let go of that, to you know, at some level cultivate that sense of what is the right thing to do. Because that's something our body craves, our being craves at a fundamental level. So that's something that we should consider in our work. Are we doing the right thing? Are we putting ourselves into situations where it goes against our fundamental nature? And then there's, of course, the sense of, is our work a kind of calling for us? Are we called upon to do this? Are we uniquely qualified to do this? Is something about the way we lived, the way we valued things, our upbringing, what we care about the world? Is that what uh, you know, is exemplified by this work? If you were not there, would someone else do this work as well as you would? And if the answer is no, then that perhaps is a sense of calling. You feel uniquely qualified to do something, whatever it may be. It may be a small uh, project. It might be a small uh, you know, task that uh, may not make a big difference to the world. Or it might be a grand uh, project. It might be something that transforms the lives of thousands of people. But regardless, ask yourself, is there a calling uh, that uh, you are expressing through this work? So these are all the different things we bring to work our material side, our psychological side, our social side, our natural side, our relationship to nature, our moral side, and the sense of uh, calling or something inside you deeply aligned. So when you begin to see work this way, that it's really, uh, there's some fundamental needs you have as a human being, as a being. And these needs get fulfilled through work, which uh, where we spend half a life in it. Then if you evaluate work from that way, what I've seen in my life, in all the different occupations I've been, is that it leads to a lot more meaning. You get much more engaged with your work. You bring a lot of energy to your work. You wake up in the morning thinking, wow, this is something I'm excited by. 
You think you lie awake at night thinking how I can do this better. So that kind of engagement, that kind of energy, it's positive energy, and that kind of meaning that you get, I've realized actually contributes to your well-being. So not only are you more engaged in meaning and you find work to be meaningful, but your own well-being, your whole well-being increases. You feel you do better in life in terms of uh, your satisfaction with your life. You look back at your life and think that, wow, you know, I did something meaningful. It may not have gone the way I expected it to. I may not have made the money I expected to make from it. I may even have gone broke from it. This happened to me a couple of times, almost went broke in life, financially insolvent. But uh, regardless of that, as I look back at it, I think, wow, I actually, you know, I did something that I really cared about. And that sense of flourishing in life, that sense of uh, well-being, those things are deeply tied to the meaning and the engagement that you have at work. And that in turn is deeply tied to how you see work. Is this a means to fulfill the needs that you have as a human being? To think that way. And that's what I call as your whole self at work. It's uh, not new. That's something that others have also talked about. And that's what I call as beingful work. Beingful work is work that fulfills the needs of the whole being you are at work. And if that can happen, then work becomes a means to well-being, becomes a means to meaning engagement. So I highly encourage people to look at work that way, to have um, those kinds of expectations and be willing to leave work if it doesn't meet those uh, needs. You have one life to live, you might as well uh, find work. As I have done, I spent 30 years looking for the right kind of work. So to spend that time to find work that uh, is meaningful. Wow, so coming alive at work by fulfilling the needs of the whole self at work. This is a great strategy and I think it will help alleviate a large amount of stress and anxiety and ill-being. Uh, so we look forward to hearing and reading a lot more about your findings and research. I'm sure the tools that you've shared so far with us will really help us navigating a lot of the challenges that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. Given the relatability and the applicability of the concepts of beingfulness in all of our lives and work, we brought Professor back into the studio and posed to him some questions that we've been receiving from alumni of his courses and also listeners of this podcast. So here is this week's question. A listener wrote to us recently with a question and I think the question is very relevant to what we're talking about today about being full work. She says she has a passion for writing. This is something she enjoys very much. But she doesn't want to pursue this independently right away. What she does want to do is speak to her manager and the organization and see if there is a way that she can work this into her job description. What do you think of this? Absolutely. Because okay. organizations are looking for passion. Okay. Society is asking them, why do you exist? What's your higher purpose? Right. What are you doing for us right. as opposed to just uh, making money? Right. So companies want that. In mm. fact, uh, it's, uh, it makes a big difference if organizations have employees who are passionate. Right. And that passion is aligned with what the company is also trying to do. So okay. companies have a higher purpose, you have a higher purpose. Find ways to align it. Okay. That's very critical. Mm. And it's rare. I mean, I, if I were a manager, I would say, wow, this is great. Right. Let me find a way for my employee especially with very high attrition rates going on now. People are leaving. Right. Right. So this is a way to say, okay, here, use this in a way that we have a win-win. Mm. So if you have a passion, find a win-win. Try and find a win-win with your company when okay. you're working. 
That's my advice. Don't drop everything. And uh, it's a very uncertain world there. You may find that that's not my passion. Right. And even though it's my passion, 90% of it is something else I hate doing. Right. People who start restaurants thinking, wow, I love cooking. Yes. Realize that uh, the cooking part is a very small part of it. Yes. Right? It's all about operations and getting customers and keeping the place clean and all that. And very little to do with cooking. Right. So that's something to try out through your existing organization. Okay. And uh, then you'll find that there are many such opportunities, just as in your case. Right. Here is a way to, you know, to, to find your passion. Right. And the enlightened organization is the one that gives room for all these passions for their employees. Okay. Because they have the resources, they have the time, they have the people, they have the capabilities. So, yes. Uh, so that's the main thing. Use okay. both your head and heart. And so, be strategic about your passion. So this question comes up so often. Do you think that the organizations have something to do with it as well? Is it Are they too limiting or narrow? Um, or are they not creating enough opportunity for people to pursue their own passion? Oh, I a- absolutely agree. Organizations have uh, until now narrowly focused on just a few things. Right. And they've uh, really not seen their employees as... Uh, um, well, they see them as a resource, right? right? Human resources. Resources to be exploited. Mm. Not something to be nurtured. It's not a source in that sense, that right. distinction. So they're now beginning to see as uh, turnovers increase, you know, many people wonder why, why they're working in the fl- first place, you know, the, the right. so-called great resignation. Yes. And the need to create uh, working environments where employees are engaged. So yes, so they're beginning to think uh, a different way now. Right. That how can we tell? That's the greatest energy of all, the passion of an employee. Right. You don't then need to extrinsically reward that person. You don't want to dangle carrots. There are internal carrots that right. uh, the employee is already feeding on. So, yeah, I think uh, this is how they should be thinking. Right. What are these? And, you know, I in uh, the classes I teach, I talk about uh, what I call the karma dharma. Okay. It's uh, identifying your passion and uh, combining your passion with your strengths and creating capital social capital, natural capital. So in a way, you're contributing to yourself. Of course, money matters, which is material capital, to your own growth, which is uh, human capital, right. but also to your organization and right. to nature. So in a way, to create that kind of uh, healthy, vibrant, uh, you, know, you are contributing, you're pursuing your passion, the organization's letting you do it, and achieving its goals, right. creating win-wins everywhere. So yes, uh, I think organizations can and should do this. Right. It's, uh, it's a huge untapped world where employees are seen as, uh, you know, you have uh, employees who are really passionate about what they're doing. Customers will be taken care of. Hmm. Customers, uh, especially in service industries, that, uh, that makes a big difference. Yes. So, yeah, I think absolutely. Okay. okay, no, this is yeah. helpful. Thank you very much for your time, Professor. This was very helpful. With this, we come to the end of Season 1 of the Beingfulness Podcast, where we travelled along with Professor Ram Nidamolu as he unpacked beingfulness for us. Stay tuned for Season 2, where we plan on bringing in voices of beingful leaders and learning from them the real-life application of all these concepts that we discussed. I also hope this podcast was as enriching to you as it was for me. Personally, it made me or pushed me to think a lot more about my own personal purpose and also made me ask myself some important but difficult questions. But there's no one better to emphasize this than Professor Ram himself. 
you could be one day in a wonderful place and the next day, the next moment in a near-death experience. And uh, near-death experiences really bring out uh, much deeper things about uh, life and about yourself that give you, I guess, the occasion for reflecting on it for the rest of your life. Because it's easy to return back to business life as usual in a way. And it's very easy, you get caught up. But once in a while, it's worth reflecting. There's something special. We are, in some ways, uh, unique, I guess, snowflakes. Unique. Uh, and did we, <laughs> um, well, yeah, did we live that life that was meant for that unique uh, expression? I would say that's something one should think about.